Hello, everybody, and welcome to Kid Like Faith. I'm your host, Nina T, helping you to keep your faith kid-like. On this episode, we're digging in and getting faith gems from another DreamWorks sequel, How to Train Your Dragon 2. I'm ready. I hope you're ready. Let's start the show. Dragon 2 is a pretty dope movie. Um, if you have not seen it, please go to Netflix. I mean, like, just go ahead. It's on there. If you got a subscription, it's free. Okay, so just go ahead and watch it. They, they charging you. <laughs> listen. Okay, anyway, moving on. Um, but, yeah, so go and watch the movie and then come back to listen to the podcast. Um, and since you are still listening, if you have not stopped at this moment, I'm going to assume that you've already seen How to Train Your Dragon 2. And because you've already seen it, we're going to dig into these faith gems. Let's go. Okay. First, uh, the first um, point is basically, uh, (laughs) is basically that in this context, the dragons aren't the problem. They are part of the community. Okay. In our mindset, dragons are, you know, in the movie, those that are feared, right? Um, they can be intimidating, um, and it's, they can seem dangerous, right? And in our, you know, we don't, we're not fearing dragons cause we don't have dragons. Okay. Period. We don't, we don't see dragons period. Um, so since we don't have that as an issue, um, I do want to point that there are people who resemble, what dragons resemble in the movie, those that are intimidating, those that um, garnish or they can um, make you fear, right? Make you a little afraid um, even to connect with them. Even those um, who who can have a temper, right? Those who can, um, who we can be intimidated by. So in instead of being one who is fearful of them, uh, those kinds of people, right? we should seek to include and have them in community, right? We should seek to um, be more relational based, right? Instead of trying to, you know, I, we can we can deem a lot of people dangerous and demonic that are not. <laughs> and when we realize that they are not, and we do what Jesus asked us to do, which is love. Um, one of my favorite um one of my favorite uh, scriptures um, is the restoration of Peter after, you know, he denies Jesus th- 
three times, uh, you know, before his death, after his death, death, there's a conversation um, where Jesus has with Peter and, and Jesus is like, do you love me, Peter? And he's like, yeah, of course I love you. And uh, he's like, okay, feed my sheep. And then he says, okay, Peter, do you love me? He's like, yeah, of course I love you. And, um, and he's like, okay, feed my lambs. And he's like, okay, Peter, do you love me? Listen, man, of course you know I love you. What you mean? Why you keep asking me? You know I love you. And he's like, okay, feed my sheep. And I was like, well, what in the world? So for every time that he denied Jesus or knowing Jesus, he had to reaffirm that not only did Peter love him, but that Peter's desire, right, if he loved him, would be to feed and to nourish those that belong to the shepherd, right? Um, to really, all he was re- re- reaffirming for him, re- reaffirming for him, was if you love me, do your purpose. Because Peter's purpose was to to feed people with the word anyhow. Okay, <laughs> period. He was he was supposed to feed those that needed a shepherd. Uh huh. That belonged to the shepherd and didn't know they would have, you know, belonged to the shepherd. He was supposed to feed them. And how was he going to feed them? With the same word and the same love that he had received. Right? So it was, it was technically him saying, okay, listen, I know, I know you think that this walk with me is the extent of your great, you know, relationship with me. But no, Peter. If you really love me, this is how you'll show that you love me. I want you to nourish those that are connected to me. And those, not even those who, who profess to be Christian, but those who love me and those who are mine, those who belong to me. They don't even have to acknowledge that they love me. Uh, they don't have to even uh, really acknowledge me to be mine because I created them. So go and, go and nourish, go and feed, go and give them the word. And the truth of the matter is, is that it was a moment for me um, where, you know, beyond the, you know, what I've called clean, (laughs) what I've called clean, don't you call unclean. It was a moment for me where Jesus was challenging Peter to take his love walk beyond expressions of words, um, but take take it to people who needed it, right? And who needs to be loved more than people who are normally shunned or pushed away out of fear? The only way to combat fear is love, period. The only way to combat and drive out fear is love. It's scripture. So if we want to um, see really God's true purpose um, and his his true charge to us be manifested, we've got to quit walking, existing in fear and intimidation of other people who are not like us and stop deeming people dangerous and demonic. And instead of doing that, choose to love first, choose to include, choose to uh, connect. And when we connect, we'll see a better and more vibrant community as they saw in How to Train Your Dragon 2. The, the beginning scenes were full of entertainment, full, I mean, companionship. It was like a thriving community because they decided not to shun away the dragons. So don't don't shun away what's different from you, what's what you may think is dangerous. 
choose to connect anyway and in connection connect with love all right point number two uh, what you're searching for isn't out there it's in here maybe you don't see it yet it's a line that Astrid says to Hiccup after he talks about how his father um, wants him to be chief and and she's like, that's such a great honor. And he's like, no, listen, Astrid, you know who you are. You've always known who you are. I'm still looking for who I am. And um, she says to him, Astrid says to Hiccup, you, <laughs> she says, you're looking for something. And what you're looking for is not out there. You're not going to be able to find someone to tell you who Hiccup is or It's not going to be the full story. You're going to have to make up and determine in your mind and resolve that inside of you is the answer, right? Not outside. Inside of you is the validation, not outside. Now, for us, the believers, we literally have the spirit of God on the inside of us. And so with the help of the spirit of God, we have to be willing to acknowledge that what the spirit says I am. The spirit of God says I am is facts. And I don't have to look for the validation of a man to tell me who I am, but I have to know for sure that even if no one tells me who I am, that the Holy Spirit will lead me into not only my purpose of doing, but my purpose in being. And so, um, my, my goal, um, with this point was to pull out This very simple principle, you don't need what you think you need. And if you, if they could have given you the validation that you needed, if they could have given you the explanation, they could have given you the language, they probably would have. But the truth of the matter is they did not have it to give. See, this is the other thing. Prophecy, prophecy, (laughs) prophecy is in part prophets prophesy in part as well as preachers preach only what the only the revelation that God gives them so in order to get the totality of who you are in order to get the language for who you are you've got to go to God you've got to go to the creator and and the creator of heaven and of earth is living housed in holy spirit on the inside of you period point blank so if you want answers If you really want to know, get to know Holy Spirit so he can reveal more about you. It's same thing happened with Peter. Peter, Peter acknowledges that Jesus is the Christ. And then Jesus turns around and says, by what, by the way, you are not Simon. Your name's Peter. And uh, I'm going to call you Peter because you're going to be um, that revelation that you just so confidently shared is going to be the basis of how I build my church. He had no idea that he was going to go from fisherman to literally preacher man. <laughs> he, he didn't know that was the goal or the agenda. He knew he was going to be a fisher of men, but nobody knew what that meant. But Jesus, he just, he was just down for following them, right? He was just down for, for following them on the journey. And he had to be willing um, to, to, to acknowledge who Jesus was, right? Even though other people were giving their opinion, when he acknowledged the revelation of who Jesus was, then he got the answers. Then he got the language. Then he got the information and the um, the charge, technically, to be who he was supposed to be. So if we're looking for 
people. I don't know. I don't know. If, and, and it's okay that who you are evolves. It's supposed to. It's supposed to. This is why you have a relationship with Holy Spirit. 10-year-old, uh, ten, not 10-year-old Janine. Well, yeah, 10-year-old Janine would have never did a podcast ever in life. She was ne- never, ever, okay, way too shy. And then 25-year-old Janine, absolutely not. She was already preaching, and that was way too much for her. Um, so podcasting daily is, no, absolutely not. Mm-mm. No, absolutely not. It would have never been a thing, right? So, like, the truth of the matter is, is who we are evolves over time. And so, no person is going to be able to give you the whole kit and caboodle caboodle about your life. No one's going to be able to tell you this is where you end up because they've not been there yet. The only person that's been there is the Holy Spirit and by and that's by way of the Father. So we thank God for the gift of the Holy Spirit, okay? Because he is the answer that's the on the inside of us. So the answer is the is literally him. It's literally the gift of Holy Spirit that is on the inside of us that will give us the revelation concerning who we are and not anyone else. They can only affirm and confirm. No one else has the answers. It's on the inside of us. All right. Let me get off of that before I stay stuck on that. All right. (laughs) Number three. No task is too small when it comes to serving the people. This may have been like, you know, one of those things that, you know, if you weren't paying attention, you probably didn't even hear it said, right? Um, But when I heard it, I wrote it down because the truth of the matter is, is that um, we can tend to miss moments because they're not on stages. And the truth of the matter is, um, I I remember I was talking to, um, I believe I was talking to Rush about this and, and we were talking about how, you know, there are some times where um, I will not acknowledge that God used me because it was, you know, I had conversations and I didn't do altar calls, right? Or I had conversations with people um, and people felt encouraged after the conversation. Um, And I don't put as much weight on conversation as I do preaching, right? But both instances are ways and tasks, right? That God uses to get glory, right? And so the task of staying um, in relationship and having conversations and, you know, and, and even at work where I'm, you know, supposed to be focused fully on doing this job and this assignment and that's it and going home, minding my little own self business, not, um, not even talking to nobody else. Okay. Um, but in the moments that I'm on my job and the Lord, you know, you know, I'm just going around just saying hi to people and the Lord just, you know, has me lean in to encourage somebody. Those moments are just as impactful as, as the Sunday mornings, as the lives, as the passion nights. Those nights are, are great too, but they don't compare. It's not a comparison. It's both and. It's necessary that I do both. It's necessary that I find those moments that are that no one is looking, right? As um intentional and I be I, I am as intentional in those moments where no one is looking as I am in the moments where everyone is. All right. So the truth of the matter is there is no conversation that's beneath you. There is no um, task that's too small. There is no uh, space where God can't use you. Right. 
and 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 let the grocery store experience be be the blessing. Let let the let the the one that you know and and let those experiences not be broadcast, but let the father see them. <laughs> let the father see that you're willing to be used even if it's in a small moment and and at a small lunch room or at a small cafeteria or at a small um I don't know, small, a small event, you know, something like that. If, even if it's at somebody's house, right. Even if it's, if, even if it's when you're going to drop something off, whatever, whatever the case may be, allow the Lord his space. Right. And, and know that there is absolutely nothing that doesn't count. Yeah. That's a better way to say that. There's not anything that you want to do or you, you are tasked to do. That isn't counted or recorded. And God keeps good records. So let's let the Lord have his way. I mean, literally, that's what it means. Him having his way is not just in church, okay? Let him have his way is is in all of the moments that I don't think matter. They all matter. All moments matter, period. Okay, let's move on. Okay, Uh, number four. Number four, a chief protects his own let me tell you something this line blessed me so bad okay because they were arguing about um basically um everett right and and what's his name gondo so the main villain right whoever it was working for at the time um they were trying to build a dragon army and of course, because Hiccup has a relationship with Night Fury, he's not with it. He, you know, dragons are a part of his community. He doesn't want his dragons stolen. It's not a thing. It's not, it shouldn't go down, period. Um, and he's not having it. So he thinks, right, that it's easy to just make peace, right? He thinks it's easy for him to just go ahead and um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, go ahead and go over to a Gandalf, and I'm going to go ahead and make peace with him. And <laughs> his father, the chief, is like, uh-uh, first off, shut all of this down, okay? I want every dragon locked up. I want y'all to lock all of them down. I want you to close everything up because it's not happening on my watch, period. And so he's like, well, we can't sit here and wait. We've got to go and make peace with them. And <laughs> the chief says this line, he says he doesn't want he doesn't want peace. He wants war. And he was like, well, we can't just stay. He said, no, a chief protects his own. When you realize that you have uh, the responsibility of people's lives, it becomes easier for you to put defense before offense. Does that make sense? So, so his defense in this moment was his offense. He was like, listen, you go ahead and pick fights if you want to. I know that the character that you're talking about does not want to talk peace. He don't want to have conversations of peace. He's not trying to be peaceful. So I'm not even going to waste my breath trying to uh, declare or, or get re- uh, some peace happening, peace talks happening, because it's not an option right? It's not an option. And because I care about the lives of those I lead, I am willing to forego picking the fight so that I can protect them. 
Because the chief is thinking about, if I pick this fight, how many lives are lost? If I pick this fight, how many dragons are going to be stolen? Because I couldn't protect them, right? If I, if I pick the fight, right? Or even if I go and, and I go and I try to be the peacemaker, right? And I know he's not about peace. Am I putting people in danger by, by asking them to go with me on a futile mission? Chiefs think differently than Indians. <laughs> Chiefs think differently than those who don't have the responsibility of life, right? And and you would think that because Hiccup, you know, is is trying to fight for his community and fight for the dragons, that he had, you know, he was the chief and that, that he was making chief decisions. But really, um, he was making decisions based on his connections, right? Based on his connection with, with Night Fury. And um, and I, I get he had hometown pride, but it wasn't matured enough. He hadn't matured enough to know what to do with it. So, because the chief was, was fully mature <laughs> and fully knew the truth about you know, the situation he was walking into, he chose to pick his battle. He chose not to just pop off. He chose to say, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and protect my own because the lives, the lives that I have been, you know, charged with to be responsible for don't need to be risked because I already know the situation you're trying to walk into. And unfortunately, there are a lot of immature Indians that don't listen and listen to chiefs. <laughs> and unfortunately, Hiccup was an Im- immature Indian in this moment, right? Um, because he chose not to listen. He chose to try to go ahead. But hey, it wasn't his, his responsibility to think like a chief. It was the chief's responsibility. His father, Stoic, it was his responsibility to think as a chief. And so... While, you know, they didn't agree, it didn't matter who agreed or not, Stoic had to do the role and the responsibility that he was charged to do. And I say the same to you. If you are charged to be a chief, you cannot worry about uh, what the opinions of the um, the Indians will do, right? Or, or if the opinions or if they agree or not. You are charged with leading and keeping and protecting lives. Don't be concerned about one little connection. Don't be concerned. (laughs) Don't be concerned. A chief protects his own. Do what you must do to lead the lives and be responsible for the lives that God is giving you. Do not be concerned. You can't be a people pleaser. You can't be agreeable. You ain't going to always agree. But your responsibility is to literally those who God is charged you to lead. Amen. All right. Number five, men who kill without reason can't be reasoned with. Listen, let me tell you something. Another line that I was like, come on. Okay. Because the truth of the matter is, is they are fighting. This was a line, uh, you know, basically said at the same time, around the same time um, when he was talking about making peace. Right. And he's really at this point gone off and tried to do his, you know, do his own thing and, and try to save. He's trying to save the day, but he's trying to go about it the wrong way, right? In this case, he's not, he's not able to do it the way he wants to because he doesn't know the enemy. Um, he doesn't know for real 
the truth about the mindset and the motive of the enemy. So the chief has to tell him, you can't be counseling in this moment because he don't want counseling. You can't be um, trying to kumbaya in this moment. He don't want kumbaya. And you, he said, he said, he's a man who's killed for no reason. And if he is that irrational, then there is no rational be, you know, talking him. There's no, if he is that unreasonable, you can't reason with him. And so we have to be willing, (laughs) honestly, we have to be willing to see the truth about the enemy. And now I'm not talking about people because we don't have no enemies as people, period. We don't. We don't, period. We don't. Our fight has never been flesh and blood, period. So we don't have enemies that are people. We don't. Um, we may have people we don't care for. We have people we don't like. We have people we don't care to be around. But we don't have no enemies as people, period. We don't. And um, <laughs> the truth of the matter is, when you realize that um, it's spirits, you know, it's, it's a spiritual existence um, that they may be struggling with, and you know, and that God's intention for them um, is that they come into His love as well. When you see that God's intention is literally to deal with them on His terms, you take your hands off. <laughs> you you stop trying to reason with those who don't want to reason. It, it, it's a choice. The the scripture that says, come, let us reason together is an invitation. It's not a force. It's not. This is an option. Listen, you can come and reason. Come and reason with me. Come reason together. And I will. This is what I'm planning to do. I'm planning to make your sins. Those that are scarlet. I'm planning to make them white as snow. But you must have the invitation. You have to come. You have to come. It is not anything I could do to force you, right? In this instance, there was nothing he could could do to make his uh, enemy be reasonable. No. And the fruit of that was because he had been so reckless and he didn't know. He didn't know the stories from before, right? He didn't know what had happened in the um, village before that this was not um, the chief's first run in um, with this enemy. He had no idea that this man was thinking that, you know, he was going to uh, he, he they needed his uh, input and they needed a relationship with him. And when they denied him, he just dis- he literally decided to burn up the whole town. <laughs> they had. He had no idea that the chief's um, experience with him was one of grief, right? The last time he engaged with him, everybody died but him. So he's saying to him, this man is not reasonable. He's not rational. Stop trying to think that you're going to walk in and talk him into being better. This is not that kind of fight. It doesn't happen that way. Not with this kind of man. Nope, not with this kind of guy. But unfortunately, sometimes we believe that everybody... Um, everybody wants to do, you know, or wants to be good. They don't, they, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> and the truth be, truth be told, you can't rat, you cannot, when someone is in that state and when someone is being very reckless and they don't really care, there's nothing you can do really to make them care. <laughs> you can't you can't force people to care. You cannot. You can't force them to care. Okay. So it is it is 
um, it is very wise to listen to those, right, who can discern if this is a fight worth picking, right? Who can discern and, and even those who will tell their story. If we are listening, if we could listen to the experiences of others and if others weren't, um, you know, shy enough to share, right? Because this only worked because the father shared his, you know, basic testimony about being the only one to survive the last attack. And so if, if those who have experienced can share, and if we who have not experienced can be wise enough to listen and receive, then we can formulate a plan that might help us to not only to survive, but to thrive. But when one of us decides not to play our role, so whether whether it be the person who experienced decides not to share, then we're caught off guard. Or if the person who decides um, that they don't want to hear what is being shared and that they want to go their own way, what we find out is more casualties happen, right? So we have to be willing to not only work together, but partner together um, in our places, in our purpose, and and literally work together to protect. Because it doesn't happen when we're, you know, leaving parts of us exposed. Oh my. So trying to reason with the enemy in some instances, in most instances, that if they're uh, irrational or unreasonable, Stop trying to reason with them. It's okay. Just just give them over to God. It's okay. It's okay. You ain't going to die. I promise. All right. Um, <laughs> number six. I've lived among them 20 years discovering their secrets. Okay, listen. So, remember the beginning of the movie where um, uh, Hiccup is talking about not knowing his mom? Um, there was a... Technically, someone who we think is a warrior, right, who comes to steal dragons. But this person is not the same warrior that's stealing dragons. This one is saving dragons, right? And this uh, warrior has on this garb and this getup. And you don't really know who it is. You think it's another man, you know, big strong man um, that's just coming to uh, knock uh, trap, right? Basically, trap dragons in order to have a dragon army. But really, this person has influence over so many dragons. And when Hiccup takes off the the mask, or when the mask is removed, we find out that this is a woman. And not only is it a woman, but it's his mother. It is his mother who has been gone for 20 years. She's been away for 20 years, but she knows exactly who he is. And when she knows uh, who he is, she has to tell him why she's be gone. But you know, during that whole time where they think she's dead, right? She's actually been away studying. Lord have mercy, Jesus. She's been away connecting with dragons to heal them, to find out their secrets. It was such a it was such a dope thing to see her put her hand on Night Fury's uh, little neck portion, right? And when she put her hand on a specific place, there was a part, like a part of his wings that opened up. What? That was a part of the scales on his back to open up. What you mean, girl? And it was kind of like, wait a minute. Who even knew that was there? She knew it was there because she studied. And here's the interesting thing. We have chosen to not um, do as much study as we do performing. 
And the truth of the matter is, is we miss secrets when we don't study. Lord have mercy, Jesus, that that God wants us to not only study uh, the people, right? Because because we quick for I discern that spirit. Mm-mm-mm. Before you do all that, can you study his word? <laughs> can you study the, the patterns in his word? Because when we study his word, we find so much information about God, but we find out more about the patterns of people about, we find out about how, when people engage with God, how they behave, how they respond so that we know, um, how to literally bring certain things out of people without them even knowing it was there. Like, it helps to build the discernment, but not in the way that we think. It's not to discern who's going to hell or not, because we ain't the judge. That ain't my job. I'm not supposed to judge people going to hell or not. That ain't what he called me to do. Okay? Period. And big period. But he, what he did call me to do, right, is to go you there for teach all nations, uh, baptizing them. He asked me to uh, teach, teach them his ways, his commands. But he he asked me to to judge them and and to to condemn them. That ain't my that ain't my bag. I I ain't taking that. Okay. But but what I am going to do is I'm going to study the word so much so I find the secrets that are hidden up and locked up in us. Right. Uh, so I find uh, the secrets of God that He needs to be revealed. Right. If, if we don't study, we don't find the secrets. And she spent 20 years away from everything she knew in order to gain the knowledge she needed. Are we willing to forsake the patterns of comfortability that we've become accustomed to in order to study, in order to see, in order to uh, to find the gems, right? And not just the gems in movies, but but the gems in his word, the gems in the patterns of behavior, there is so much revelation in scripture that we don't sit down long enough for God to crack open. And so in our personal devotion time, and even um, even in our practice, right, of, of being, it's intentional that we allow God to increase our study so that he can reveal secrets. There are so many ways to read one scripture and so many secrets locked up in scripture that need to be revealed so that people could be free. He would have never known that was a part of his ability or had access to to those little scales on the back of his back had she not spent 20 years studying, had she not spent most of her time studying the secrets of dragons. So the goal of God is to reveal secrets. He wants to reveal the truth. (laughs) He wants to reveal those things that are hidden, but he can't find many people who will sit long enough to study. So I'm, I'm, and this is a challenge to me, shoot, because I love, listen, I love faith gems and I love, you know, you know, teaching his word, but there are some times where God wants to reveal a secret concerning my life that I don't necessarily want to, I want to skip it. Uh, It happened yesterday. Anyway, amen. (laughs) That there are some secrets and some tools to how I could be and how I could live in order to, to switch on into what God has asked me to be, right? There are certain uh, secrets to our way of life or, or even um, 
how we are supposed to become and fill all things. But if we don't sit long enough to study, we won't find the secrets. We won't. And that's what I got out of that. Okay, number seven. Amen. There's no time to hold grudges when lost love is found. Okay, so when the father, when Stoic um, finds his wife again, right? She was so busy apologizing. I mean, just good Lord. She was just like, then I lost it. I mean, she, girl, she, she giving up everything. Okay, child. She is telling everything. Just, just, just trying to give excuses for why she stayed away so long. And at that moment, Stoic cares nothing about what she's saying. All he cares about is the woman he thought was dead is alive. All he cares about is the woman he loved and still loves is found. And so he literally kisses her, loves her, proposes again, asks her to be his wife again because he didn't have time to hold grudges. It was still love. (laughs) It was the love for me. Okay. He found his love again. And I want us to think about that in terms of the father, because Stoic is a father in this, um, in this story, but yes, Lord, (laughs) Stoic is a father, but his, uh, but Hiccup's mother was a bride in this story. And so when the father finds his bride, come on, when the father finds his bride, he is not concerned with why she stayed away so long. He is not concerned with her making uh, excuses for her absence. He's not even concerned with her um, trying to clean herself up or make herself presentable. He's actually more concerned with her knowing that he still loves her, that he loves her and he's always loved her and he wants her to be his again. It's one of the dopest parts of um, the relationship with Hosea and um gomer is that through all that they went through those moments that one moment of buying her back for more than she was technically worth was the father releasing love to those who were unfaithful to him right the father saying i will still redeem you because you're still worth that to me i still want and desire relationship and connection even though you've been unfaithful to me even though you've chosen other people to be with even though you've not been remained loyal or committed to me i'm i don't want to hear your excuses my love doesn't hold grudges period his love in 1 Corinthians 13 keeps no records of wrong. So I'm not I'm not holding grudges. I'm not that's not what love is about. Love is just here to do what love does. Period. And that's love you. That's it. I just want to redeem you. That's it. I don't I don't have time to talk about where we missed, what we missed. We ain't got time for that. All I want to do is literally connect now. All I want to do is is reaffirm covenant now. And that's such a joy to one who has been lost, right? That's such a joy to someone who is who knows being lost. All right. Whew. Sorry, y'all. Number eight. <laughs> There's an issue with being loyal to the alpha. Okay, listen, let me tell you what. So um, the alpha in this context, right? There, there is an alpha um, that controls the dragons, right? And with Hiccup's mom, right, that alpha was the, you know, the ice shooting little big, huge monster, right? And that alpha 
served, right? With a, pretty much served to protect all of the dragons that were in its influence. So it was a good alpha. Problem is, when another alpha challenged that alpha and defeated that alpha, it became the new alpha, right? And all of the dragons had to submit to that new alpha, even if the new alpha had bad intentions. And man, the problem with being submitted to the alpha, the position, is that when the position changes, if the character changes, the dragons are still submitted to the character. There was something uh, um, that they said. They said, good dragons under the control of bad people do bad things. Because that, our enemy, our villain in this movie was like literally wicked, okay? I mean, he wicked. He he chose the way to wicked, period, okay? And his alpha controlled all of the dragons. And he even said the dragons don't have um, the ability to say no to the alpha. It was an uncommon thing. It didn't. It didn't happen. You know what I mean? So it happened so that this alpha, this new alpha controlled all the dragons, right? All of them, including the ones that were belonging to Burke and those that belonged to um, Hiccup's mom, controlled all the dragons. But then the drag, the alpha, because the dragons had a connection to, to the alpha, the alpha even controlled Night Fury to where Night Fury didn't recognize Hiccup and attacked him and ended up killing his father. And man, what? When I tell you, I was like, no, not Stoic dead. What is even happening? What is even life? But that's what happens when dragons are submitted to a position. (laughs) That's what happens when those who are different are submitted to position and not to character. And they don't, they don't discern those who have the character and the heart and spirit of God. Um, because if you're submitted to the position, there's a possibility that someone in with a bad intention can fill the position and they'll lead you and manipulate you to do bad things. So it's intentional that you have to be careful who you submit to. Not just the position. Please, please, please. All right, number nine. Only you can bring our worlds together. So this is after the fathers died. Remember, Hiccup is struggling with who he is, okay? And um, his mother says to him, you have the heart of a dragon and the soul of a human, and you're the only one to bring our worlds together. So basically, she told him that inside of him, he housed, whoo-wee, he housed the the connection, right? Or he was basically the bridge. He was the intercessor. He was the one that could speak to both parties and bring both parties together. He was the one that stood in the middle, yes, Lord, and took the hit in order for others to engage and come together, right? So, so Hiccup, being the only one that had both um, the heart of the people and the heart of the dragons. He was the only one. He he literally only had empathy. He had empathy for both, and because he had empathy for both, he knew how, he was the only one that was tasked to connect them both. Right. The other end. Uh, the other end of that. This is a word to those who 
um, don't understand the importance of intercession. Um, but the, the importance of it is when you, when you literally have an empathy that can touch people, but you also love God, you are the one that's tasked to bring those two into relationship. Nine times out of 10, you are the one that has the answer for how to connect God to the people and connect the people back to God. And it's not just in your prayer, but it's in your demonstration of what is revealed during that prayer. Um, because there are some times where meeting a a temporal need, right, by way of being obedient to Holy Spirit, right, um, meeting a need can be a bridge by, uh, you know, or or even just an encouraging word or, uh, I don't know, a hug, whatever the Lord is leading you to do or be, right, that could be the bridge to to get people to see another opportunity or alternative to what they have been before. So it wasn't until Hiccup stood in the face of danger, literally, Night Fury is his mind is shaken and taken by the um Alpha. So he's standing there, right, with his mind a little shook up, and um, and he he literally only all he sees is red because he's being controlled. It isn't until Hiccup comes and literally loves on and reminds Night Fury of who he actually is until he reminds him of his actual purpose, right? Until he stands in the middle of the Alpha and Night Fury and says, listen, I'll put myself in harm's way. I'll take the hit. But what I need you to know is you don't have to be this way. You don't have to stay this way. You don't have to be controlled. You can come into the fullness of who you are. And it's necessary because what happens from that is Night Fury is able to break the hold of the Alpha and then challenge the Alpha. Because what we don't know happen or what we don't know um, that God can do um, through our intercession or through demonstration uh, of his love is that on the on the in the way that we love others right in the way that we love them back to God God then empowers and enables them to be able to challenge that which had control over them thank you Lord Jesus because he's not only done it for um, them but he's done it for us right um, so we have to be willing to stand in the face of danger right? But to say, you know what, you're, you're going to keep me here because this is what I'm called to do. You're going to keep me so that I can be the bridge. You're not going to let me fall. I, I have to remind myself um, in moments. Uh, I was even talking to Rush about this yesterday. There are some times that my mind goes immediately to fear and immediately to fall. It's a fallback fear that, that I will fail immediately. I ain't even done anything. And in my mind, I'm already going to already see myself failing, right? And instead of choosing to let that be the going narrative, I've surrounded myself around people who are willing to check my own fail safes, right? The people who are willing to say, huh? But that don't even make sense. The people that are willing to say, you don't have to live that way. You know, you know, you can make another option. You know, you know, 
you know you don't have to do that. Or you know you don't have to believe that. You know, you know you can really do it. You need to surround yourself with people who are not only willing to um, go to bat for you when you can't go to bat for yourself, but also surround yourself with people who will remind you with not only your ability, but the ability of God in you. Yeah. And this is also for the intercessor too, because sometimes when you're fighting for everybody else, you can forget to, you know, put faith in yourself <laughs> and, and fight for your own you know, God's right to have his way in your life. And so sometimes you can fight for everybody else and your stuff, you know, just go un, unprotected. But it's okay. It's okay. The father, the father has people fighting for you too. There, there are people that will build you up so that you can be built up to build others up. It was such a beautiful thing to see Night Fury turn around and look at that alpha and say, now let's go because I'm about to I'm about to defeat you. And the truth of the matter is, is that Night Fury beat him by by literally standing his ground. He beat him by by push like literally knocking that little standing his ground, shooting his little, you know, little uh, fire things out of his mouth until it, it broke something off until it broke something off. He stood his ground until it broke. And then it was like, all right, well, I, I done lost a horn. Let me go ahead about my business and let you be. And then he became the alpha. Man, what? <laughs> someone who was being manipulated not only was freed by someone who stood in the middle, but once he was freed, he stood around, came around and challenged that which tried to manipulate him. And not only did he challenge it, he won. I want us to take into into our mindset that this is what happens when we bring the worlds together. That not there's not uh, uh, an option for failure. That even if we make a mistake, even if we miss it for a moment, the end game is winning. Period. The end game is we are already fighting from a place of victory. We have already won. Period. All we got to do is walk this out. All we got to do is walk through the victory. That's it. All we got to do is walk it out. Period. And that's period point blank. The last thing is a very small part, but I need us to see it because baby, it blessed my whole entire life when I saw it. Okay. This is the, after the fight is won, right? They're about to, um, crown a new chief. And instead of picking up a, a crown instead of, you know, a scepter. What the woman does that crowns him, right? She takes a bit of the ashes from what was, you know, burnt and left over. She takes the ashes and she puts a mark on on um, Hiccup's head. And that mark, after she makes it, she bows and the they said, Let's hear for our new chief. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and as a, the more I sat with it, I heard the ashes of the old marked him for what was to come. So I want us to, to let us, I, I want us to be encouraged that there are some things that we thought, you know, were just a part of 
you know, the rubble and, and, you know, it was just, it was ruins, right? But that ruins is the marking that, that there's a, there's life that's going to come on the end of it. If you have ashes, then you, you should be excited because there is an exchange that is forming by way of the ashes that you have left. So if all you have left is ash, those ashes will mark for you the beauty of what's to come. All you have to do is literally agree with the announcement. That's it. Agree with the announcement and become. Agree with the announcement. All I got is ashes left. Don't you worry about it. The ashes are the marker that beauty is what's up ahead. (laughs) But you can't sit and die in the ashes. You have to allow the ashes to lead you, allow them to, to, to mark for you that this is not the end, but it's the, it's a brand new beginning. And I will not stop until I see the beauty for each ash, ashes, for the ashes. I will not uh, stop until I see all the beauty that God is intending to make from all of the ashes that was left over. So the truth of the matter is, is that while you know, he was looking for something out there, something, someone to validate him. It was only validated after he validated himself, after he agreed with the announcement concerning him, after he agreed that he had it all inside of him this whole entire time. And he needed no one else to to uh, technically agree until he agreed first. Well, Kid Like Crew, that's it for this week's episode of Kid Like Faith. If you love this podcast, wherever you're listening to us, please make sure that you subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also like us on Facebook and Instagram as well. If you need some merch, go on head over to www.allthingsninat.com. All things Nina N E E N A T dot com and make sure you check out the next episode. And until then, make sure you keep your faith kid like. Bye.